Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. We've talked about back to school routines for our kids, but what about ours? Joining me today is co-host of the Mom Hour podcast, Sarah Powers. Today, Sarah discusses personal game changers in her routine, what people focus on that maybe they shouldn't, and more. This episode is for stay-at-home moms, working moms, part-time working moms. If your child is starting some kind of schooling this fall, this one is for you. As for my minimalist resource for you this week, I have an app called Sweepy. This is not sponsored. I just find this app really convenient. So they say level up your cleaning routine. You can track, organize, compete, and appraise, and I'm assuming this is with your kiddos, maybe not your spouse. But this app is really helpful in getting yourself organized with the household chores, with cleaning, and family members can join. So Marty and I are gonna try and implement this app in our family. I don't know if our kiddos can quite help yet, and also they don't have phones, but this is going to be very helpful for he and I to just get on the same page. We both live really busy lives, and there can sometimes be a push and pull on who is responsible for what around the house, and I think this will help us navigate that a little bit better. So the app is Sweepy, and I'll include a link to it in the show notes. All right, as I said in the introduction, I'm going to be talking to Sarah Powers today of the Mom Hour, which I've listened to on and off for several years. And so I'm really excited to have her here today to talk about back to school routines for us. I've always said that the start of a new school year actually feels more like a fresh new slate to me than even the first of the year. I'm sure that some of you feel that way as well. So hopefully this episode provides you with a few tips that you hadn't thought of before. And if you're looking for more help on how to reassess your school year routine with your kiddos, check out episode 191 with Ashley Brown that I actually just replayed a couple weeks ago. Hopefully between these episodes, you can find some balance and structure to this back to school year season. Let's get to it. Sarah, thank you for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me, Diane. I'm excited to be here. I have been listening to your show on and off for, I mean, several years now. How long have you been doing the Mom Hour? The Mom Hour launched in March of 2015, which makes us seven and a half. And I always like joke, since we're talking about back to school today, we're like a second grader, basically. We have listeners who found (laughs) us when they were pregnant with their first, and those babies are well into elementary school. Yes. And Megan usually joins you, Megan Francis, but she's not here today. So I'm just going to pick your brain on this topic. Yeah. Cool. Well, why don't you go ahead real quick, introduce yourself for people that may not be familiar with the mom hour and tell me your ages of your kiddos. Cause I don't remember. Sure. Um, I'm Sarah Powers. I am one half of the Mom Hour podcast. As you say, my co-host is Megan Francis. We always say we're two moms with eight kids between us, which makes me sound like I have more kids than I do. I have three and she has five, but we do have a big age spread and we are full-time podcasters. So as I said, the Mom Hour has been going for seven plus years. I live in Santa Barbara, California, which is actually my hometown where I grew up. I moved back Uh, in the early part of the pandemic. So that's been a fun little plot twist to our life is moving back to the town where I was a child. And now my kids are even attending some of the same schools and activities that I did. Um, But that was a that was a pandemic plot twist. Um, My kids going into this fall will be in ninth grade, seventh grade, 
and fourth grade. They are 14, 12, and nine and a half. I feel like a lot of people got some perspective over the last several years and have made either shifts in where their environment is and or mental shifts. But yeah, it's just crazy the growth that comes with extremes, I guess. Yeah, I think you're right. And I know we're going to be talking about like fall routines and stuff today, but I think like the disruption of the last couple of years has meant that as moms and household managers and business owners, like each fall feels like the last three fall seasons have each felt very different in terms of like, Mm -hmm. what, what are the kids do? Are they going to school? Okay. Now they're going to school and they're masked and now they're going, you know, they're not online anymore. And so I, I, I guess I'm trying to see the opportunity in that is fall is already kind of a clean slate, but Mm -hmm. I think we get extra Um, extra clean slate because we've had to reinvent so much each of the last three fall seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you're here today because I'm for now a homeschooling mom. I have one child that I homeschool. She's going into the second grade this year. And I'm glad to have you here because this isn't something I can fully speak to. I don't have kids going back to school and what my schedule might look like or what my focus is going to be when my kids are in school. But just quickly, before we talk about back to school routines and intentionality for us moms, I know that you, I don't think you would probably call yourself a minimalist. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you're a very organized person. I am. And I think, um, I'll totally take that. I don't think I'm a minimalist either, but I, I, I naturally gravitate toward systems and efficiency. And I think there are some overlaps. Um, I regular listeners of our podcast know that like, I really don't like waste of time or energy or stuff. So I think I have a little bit of a minimalist streak in that I really appreciate when intentionality can reduce stress and reduce waste, whether that's material waste or financial or time waste. And so I don't know, Diane, that feels like a little like minimalist adjacent to me, but you tell me you're the expert. No, no, no. A hundred percent. I would say that I'm not nearly as organized as I would like to be. I mean, I don't have a home that looks like the home edit or Murray condo. My home does not look like that, but I have systems that work for me. So I feel like efficiency is where I thrive. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I do really enjoy secondhand and thrifting. Um, so I think there's, it's like, um, it's an area where I'm curious and like hobby oriented than have made any kind of like a big commitment. So, so I've got that going for me as well. So maybe I'm like on the track toward minimalism. I think that they're all intertwined. I mean, sustainability is also, I think, a sect of this umbrella of minimalism and and intentional living. So I I think it all works together, but I want to know, Okay. As I said, I'm not a mom of older kids and my one that is the oldest is not going to a school as yours are. So what are your thoughts? And just initially, what does it look like for you when your kids leave and go back to school? Yeah, I'm happy to answer that for myself. And I always want to include full-time working moms in the conversation as well, because I work about 30 hours a week from my house and I have ramped up my career as my kids have gotten older. And so I'm, I'm really fortunate that that's the way my career has taken me. But I also um, know that not every family looks like kids are home all summer and then they go back to school and now mom's home and has a bunch of hours in the day. I think that's how it looks for some families, um, but not for others. And I I just always like to acknowledge that I do consider myself a working mom, but my work um, fits flexibly inside the hours of my kids' school attendance. So that is the 
that's the vantage point that I'm speaking from. I do think families where there are two full-time working parents notice a shift in routine in the fall. It's just maybe not the same as a home parent, a homeschooling parent, or like me, kind of a hybrid work from home parent. So for me, I am pretty routine oriented as we've discussed, which makes summer kind of not my favorite, honestly. Um, It's easy in the summer for routines to be like, we'll get a couple weeks where maybe we have some camps or we're on a vacation. And then it's like, it's always resetting itself every week or two weeks in the summer. It's probably good for me to have that flexibility, but I really enjoy when we go back to school and I kind of know what the rhythm of a day will look like you know, give or take for the next nine months. So I really enjoy that. Um, For my kids, they are in traditional school hours. So like when we get everybody out the door and off to school around eight o'clock, I then have until about three o'clock to work. And I do work relatively full-time inside that structure about 30 hours a week. So I need those hours of kids being in school. Um, what that means for me is I really try to put other intentional parts of my routine, not in that eight to three window. So for example, I do my exercise early in the morning. I go for walks around my neighborhood just for about 40 minutes. It's like the easiest, lowest commitment of any kind of workout or exercise. I could do that when the kids are in school, but for me, I've prioritized the the school hours for my um, actual work. Um, and then my, most of my stuff that I do around the house, um, helping manage our home. And I have a great co-parent who also helps manage our home. Most of that happens when the kids are home from school. So for me, I have really sort of like white spaced those school hours for my job. And then what that, what that might look like on a given day, obviously we're a podcast, so we have certain recording days, We have a team working with us. So there are team meetings, um, maybe outside meetings or um, something involving um, a brand partner. So my days can look like full of phone calls and Zoom meetings or once or twice a week, I probably have an entire day that's just mine. Um, And we can get more into that. But that's where I think to your point, like productivity is like, oh my gosh, I have five or six hours. And if you've been a mom of little kids and you haven't had that much time to yourself in, you know, years and years and years, it is a little daunting. And it is a, it is easy to spin your wheels and not sure like where to focus that productivity. Even speaking to all different types of jobs or what our circumstances might look like, what has been a game changer for you in setting yourself up for, I guess, the most success? Yeah, I think I I mentioned it, but I'll dig in deeper. It's clarifying what kind of tasks or productivity makes sense for me to do when my kids are around and what things make sense to leave for when I have uh, childcare, which is school. And I think this was helpful even when I was more of a stay-at-home mom. Um, So it looks different for everyone. But for me, as I said, my podcast based, my running a business, my entrepreneurial, like business owner hat podcaster work is really best for me to do when my kids are in school. And a few years ago, that might've looked like part-time preschool, but it was still like, that was 
the that was the time that was reserved for that, which means I will leave breakfast dishes in the sink. I will leave the kitchen a mess. Um, I will let laundry pile up and I will sit down at my computer to work with a completely untidy house. It's an empty house, so it's not getting any worse. <laughs> it's sort of like frozen in time from maybe a busy morning getting kids out the door, knowing that I can come back to that kind of tidying work when my kids are home from school. And it's actually become a really enjoyable way to do things for me because I can wipe kitchen counters and load and unload the dishwasher while talking to my kids about their days or unpacking their lunches. Um, I can fold laundry and have a conversation with my teenager. So there's so many ways to combine the more physical work of running a home with the the type of connection I have with my children. Now at these ages, that's different when they're two, three, and five. But right now um, I enjoy being with them and it's easier for me to meal prep or do laundry or tidy or clean when they're around and save the computer work for when they're gone. So I guess one game changer is getting really clear about what my highest value of time is for those two different types of time, kids away and taking care of by someone else versus kids home with me. So, yeah. No, I I absolutely agree. And that's something that I I figured out this summer. So my husband is a high school English teacher and he is home during the summer, but he still tutors and teaches summer school in the summer. So I do have some more flexibility in my working hours, but I was finding that whenever he would take the kids, I would be cleaning the home. Right. But I was like, wait, no, I can, I can actually do this when the kids are home. Like you said, I can clean the sink and get all the dishes done and clean mop. The, I can get all that stuff done. So it didn't feel like a wise use of my time. Um, so that was something that I feel like I, I started to clarify this summer, but also my daughter is seven and a half and my son just turned five. And I'm like, I need to start outsourcing some of these things. I don't have to unload the dishwasher. My five-year-old yeah. can do that. And so I think now that I'm going into this next season of having slightly older kids, my two and a half year old, he can't really do a ton right now, but <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a new door that's open to me and I need to start considering that now as well. I think uh, that is, I think you're right. And I had high aspirations when I was in your stage two, and I will just say it has taken longer than I thought to have that outsourcing be truly productive. That is not to say it's not worth it. I mean, it's really, really worth it, I think, for kids to have those regular jobs and to be part of the solution. Um, It's just an ongoing, it's an ongoing challenge, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think, you've explained what your circumstances look like, but do you think that there's another focus that people have that they shouldn't maybe make priority? You know, I think that's a good question. Um, I'll speak to like something I think I would have done differently looking back. So I'll just, I'll speak for myself um, and maybe like mistakes of the past. Um, But I think I have such a natural excitement for a new school year that I get a ton of energy and motivation for getting the house in order and all the projects and the shiny new backpacks. And I know your listeners are nodding along like many, many of us, maybe not everybody, but so many of us really equate this time of year with a fresh start and a lot of fresh productivity. And I think in when my kids were smaller, especially when they were in the early years of traditional school, lower elementary school, I think 
I almost expected that excitement to translate to them and may have even transferred some stress to my younger children for whom starting a new school year might've been a little anxiety inducing, or at least was a big change they needed to navigate. And so I've really, I don't know if everybody focuses on that and maybe shouldn't, but I have really tried to take my excitement and motivation and own that for myself and leave room for my kids to experience back to school and the start of a new year, however they are going to experience it. They might be um, sort of ambivalent. They might be actively dreading it. Um, They might be really excited and looking forward to it, but then like there's like that second day of school and the third day of school and like the third week of school. And it can be a rough transition for families. So I guess in terms of, I think you asked like, what do people focus on this time of year that they shouldn't? I I would just say leaving room for in the family to experience this time of year, how they will. And also on a practical level, then leaving room for things to happen you didn't anticipate. So if you are excited for all those hours back in your day, for example, and you get hit with the stomach bug that everybody's passing around the second week of school, <laughs> you are not, you're going to, it's going to be a week or two before like things feel normal again. And you have those hours back. So leaving space for the unexpected. And, um, I guess for me, what I would have done differently is enjoyed my back to school excitement without transferring or expecting that to transfer to my kids. Absolutely. I'm also wondering, what does it look like for the days off in the school year? Because you have all these breaks. Is there something that we could prioritize on those days that we're not, or even just like all the festive, I don't know what it looks like in California. So here in Columbus, we are apple picking and going to pumpkin patches and trying to do all the harvesty things that I have to build into my schedule as well. So I I guess I don't really know what my question is. I'm more so I'm just wondering how you navigate those days in the first half of the year before the new year. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a great question. I love calendar planning and I love calendar planning for the fun stuff, not just to keep my family organized and on time and all of that. So I think for us, that looks like taking a three month view of the next few months. We, our family has family meetings every Sunday. So we're always, the kids are always giving input of things they want to do. We moved to a new city two years ago. um, And part of that time has been in a pandemic. So we are still discovering and rediscovering um, things happening in our town. Um, my husband works a pretty traditional, like Monday through Friday, eight to five. Um, so we are planning things, um, on, you know, on weekends or long weekends. Um, you bring up a good point about like days off of school or like the bonus Monday holiday. That's a federal holiday that they don't go to school. And I do, I think that is important. If you're a work from home parent, um, the biggest difference, honestly, Diane, is that my kids are old enough to either stay home alone or um, be responsible for themselves if I am still working. I think I could be better about clarifying, let's say the holiday is Veterans Day in November. Um, Sometimes it's midweek and um, the schools will take it midweek. So they don't do it on a Friday or Monday, but they'll actually take it on the actual day of um, November 11th or 10th. I think it is. Um, I could probably be better of... um, setting expectations in advance for my kids of like, okay, mom needs to work for a couple of hours in the morning and then we're going to go do this thing. Um, and, and I am able to do that because they're older and they can amuse themselves. Absolutely. I think that that's the hard thing that 
again, I just said that I just was aware of this door opening to me that I hadn't considered yet. It seems so far away and yet it's happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, did you have anything else you wanted to share that has been important to you when you are transitioning to this back to school year time? Yeah. I mean, and actually it's a natural segue from where we just were talking about kids getting older, something I'm appreciating and that maybe your listeners with young kids can just look ahead to is the time you spend with your kids really changes significantly as they get older. I mean, I just remember being so excited that they would be in full-time school and first one and then two, and then all three in full-time school. Um, so that in and of itself is an adjustment as we've talked about. Um, but then they are so much more independent. They may also be doing more extracurricular activities, spending more time with friends. So the, the hours you're logging with them really start to reduce. Um, but the time you spend, I think is just as meaningful and can be really fun. So two things that are just sweet in my stage of life right now are car rides with my kids, whether it's all three or two or one, the music we listen to we have, sometimes those car rides are on me. I spend a lot of, I talked about how I work while they're in school. The rest of my afternoon and evening is a lot of driving around, but that is time with my kids and the conversations we have in the car and the different combinations of kids who are in the car with me kind of changes up what we listen to and what we talk about. And that is really special time. And the other time is there's almost always a half hour or so when everyone is home from school before any activities or homework where they're just lined up at the counter and I'm dishing out snacks and I'm hearing about their day and um, they don't need things cut up for them anymore. They don't need, they're putting away their own backpacks. They're managing so much of the details of their own lives. So those, those times sitting around become very sweet because the, the demands on me are less. And yet the concentrated bonding time is it's shorter and almost more important or intense. So I guess I wanted to kind of like create that picture for those who aren't there yet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sarah, this was really informative for me. Like I said, I am not quite there yet, but I know a lot of listeners are in various seasons of childhood. So I think this was really practical advice that we can implement, but where can listeners hear more from you if they want to hear from you online or your podcast? Yeah. So the mom hour is available wherever podcasts are found. And we are at the mom hour on Instagram. I would just say, listen to the mom hour. We're going to have, you know, plenty of back to school content this time of year. We've got a ton in the archive and just come over and give a listen. And if you do and find us through the minimalist moms podcast, let me know. Great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I ask two questions at the end of all my podcasts. And the first one is what has been a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, I use an app called Todoist to manage my tasks and productivity. And our regular listeners have heard me talk a million times and are probably like Sarah, not Todoist again. But since we talked today about efficiency and productivity and um, routines, Todoist is just my go-to mobile app. It's on my phone. It's on my computer. Um, specifically having recurring reminders for things that happen every day, every week that I probably won't forget, but there's something so satisfying about like opening up my Todoist in the morning and seeing that today's the day that I water my big Monstera plants, for example. And I don't have to remember like, when was the last time I did that? Has it been a while? It just removes so much mental clutter for me. Um, and that's just an app you can get in the app store. I do have the paid version, but it's so worth it for me. 
Yeah, I do the brain dump. Have you heard of doing a brain dump on your phone mm-hmm. or something? That's somewhat helpful for me, but I would like to have just a reminder of the daily or weekly chores that I need to do. So I'll have to check yeah. that out. Yeah, it's great. All right. Lastly, what is something that you can't stop talking about? Okay. Well, this is perfect because I can't stop talking about it, but it's totally sustainability related, which is just like a happy accident. But um, I wear Lululemon for most of my like walking athletic wear and their products last forever. And um, so it's been a really great way to have like a small, but high quality workout wardrobe. And I went online to buy a new pair of these soft joggers that I love that I've had for five years. And I just decided I would a second pair of them. And I discovered that Lululemon has a section called like new, which is, um, garments that have been returned. I don't believe they've been worn hardly at all, but they've been returned and aren't able to be sold again. And so they are being sold through the Lululemon website like new, but they are second hand in a way, and they're keeping them out of landfills. Um, and the price is greatly reduced, but the searching and finding and ordering was super seamless, just like ordering from like a major retailer. Um, so it wasn't like going to the thrift store or something and looking for secondhand workout where it felt very legit and the cost was so much better. Um, and I have been really enjoying my secondhand Lululemon leggings. That is such a great idea. I think that more businesses need to do that. I, um, I really like the company Tradlands. It's a sustainable clothing company, but they have the same thing. They have a space where you can donate and they sell at a much more reasonable price. Um, and I'm all about quality over quantity. So I'm not opposed to buying things at a higher price. If they're going to last, I'm going to wear them for years, but I just think this is such a great way to be resourceful. It is. And, um, like at least on their site, and I obviously I have no affiliation with this company, yeah. but they talked about their sustainability initiatives and keeping clothing out of landfills. And and this is clothing that already lasts for so long that I believe the like new stuff is stuff that was probably returned after a short amount of, for some reason, and they can't sell it new, but it's like, otherwise would go to the landfill. So I was very excited to discover this and yeah, maybe it's been around for a while, but I've been wearing Lulu for a while and I didn't, did not realize this. No, I'm so glad you told me they do that because I pretty much live in workout clothes. Uh, So this is a great uh, way for me to get some quality, but for not the high prices. So you sharing that. Well, Sarah, again, thank you so much for joining me today. This was really helpful. Thanks for having me. What did you think of the episode? If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports the Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, or following along on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. As always, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com, and there you can find links to the Instagram account, my Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Join me back here next week for family vacation hacks. I spoke with the man behind all the hacks, Chris Hutchins, with the podcast of the same name. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. He blew my mind with a couple of the things that he said, so I can't wait for you to hear it. That's next Tuesday. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.